it was like whoosh kind of rustle a gentle rustle and a slight whoosh every now and again it was just Long, long, wide-bladed grass blowing around and round, whoosh, and are whizzing around like a windmill, the leaves going crazy, spinning around, spinning around. You wonder where that energy is coming from. And then the movement would decrease and almost they'd be still. It was just hypnotic to watch it. A free show from nature. Hmm. One of the creators at the very early stages when I started, he said, art is all around us. It's not just in an art gallery. Look at the simple things and you'll see beauty in it. And I, I've learned that that was true. Olive Galbraith is a member of Studio 10 at the Irish Museum of Modern Art, a creative programme for older adults. It's about looking deeply into artworks and responding to them, making your own sketches, paintings or sculptures inspired by what you see. I came across an ad somewhere. I think it was chocolate and coffee or something like that. It was called in the beginning. And I said, God, you know, I love chocolate. So I said, I, I, I'll investigate that. So it was in Emma. I went down and I liked what I saw. So I joined the group. Barbara. Hello. Hi, Hi, Barbara. Hi, Brian. Hello, Brian. These days, the Studio 10 members meet weekly on Zoom, eager to see each other, despite the odd technical challenge. Barbara, you can't see me. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. The laughter, merriment and joy of being together is a constant at Studio 10. Helen O'Donoghue, Head of Engagement and Learning at IMA, assures me that this friendly atmosphere is just the same when the group meet in person. If you arrived into Studio 10 on a Friday morning pre-COVID, what you would see is a kettle boiling in the corner and a group of people unpacking their art materials. You know, the buzz and excitement of you know, people meeting friends. What is he? Fox terrier. He's a, a wire-haired fox terrier. On the Zoom call, a small dog has appeared. What do you call him, Barbara? Hardy. Hardy. B-I-R-D-I. There's plenty of time for a chat before the work of the day begins. When they meet in IMA, the Studio 10 members regularly encounter artworks up close. So everybody leaves the studio and strolls over to the gallery space where they spend considerable time talking about, looking at, arguing over work that is, has been selected by the visitor engagement teams. Helen is passionate about the mutual benefit of older adults engaging with Emma, and she has been ever since the museum opened 30 years ago. Adults bring with them a whole lifetime of experience. It really is a multifaceted programme that draws on the extensive life experiences of each individual in the group. I thought it was a kestrel, Barbara. A kestrel, I don't know. The kestrel is a little smaller. Today, that discussion of artwork is taking place online, focusing on a photograph by Tony O'Shea in black and white. The photo captures a teenage boy on a Dublin bus. Proudly displayed in his hand is a live bird of prey. Yes, the owner. See how proud he is like. Yeah, it's a wonderful photograph with the two different expressions on the two faces. 
Amazing. Amazing. It's the flow between thinking and talking, responding and making. But th- that was a photograph now, Dublin bus, 1989. Yeah. Um, the story, I think, came from memories of Niall Tobin. He said O'Shea would go up on the buses. He'd come back with these just amazing. There was something magical about the photographs. As you said, I think, Barbara, just the two expressions, a very beautiful expression. Yeah. The boy on the right and then the boy on the left trying to be the, the big man. And yes, you look at his face, he's still a child, really. It just yeah. And the other fellow was full of admiration. He's actually not looking at the boards. He's looking at something going on behind them. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was human but, boards in the back seat and he was watching them. <laughs> <laughs> That's more like it, Jesus. I'm struck by the informality of this Zoom call. Now and then, someone even pauses to make a cup of tea. It feels like everyone is comfortable at home with each other, happy to offer opinions on the artwork. But this confidence with each other and with art has actually been a transformation over time. I came to art very late. That's Olive Galbraith, who we met earlier. It was only kind of when my kids were reared that I had free time to sort of hang around galleries and things like that. When Olive thinks back to art in her childhood, it was something she loved, but also something she didn't think she was very good at. I always liked doing it, but I always thought, no, it's not for me. You know, I'd never be any good because I was looking at this other girl. She was so good, I thought, oh God, you know, that's not my cup of tea anyway. I'd want to do it, but I couldn't. I kind of put a wall up against myself from doing it, you know. Despite her reservations, in secondary school, Olive was missing art realising she'd much prefer to be painting than learning Latin. I had about a belly full of Caesar's Gallic Wars and I decided I'm I'm giving up, so I didn't tell anyone. The next time Latin was on, I went into art and I learned how to do a wash. Plain white paper, starting at the top and letting the water and the paint drip down. And it was a a clear blue sheet of paper by the time I was finished. That took an hour. Nothing else mattered except putting the paint on. It's, I won't say escape, you're very much alive. But it's just so different. The world is behind you. It's, it's, It's not anything to do with you at that moment. You're just there, you know, and you don't feel the time gone. I'd totally forgotten about Latin or mathematics, anything like that. The only thing that mattered to me was getting this paint on the page. And the next day I went into school and I was pulled up by the Latin teacher and she said to me, you weren't at Latin? And I said, no, I gave it up. I'm doing art instead. So she said, Oh, no, you didn't, my lady. She said, you be in Latin. So that was the end of my art. (laughs) It might have been the end of art at school, but Olive couldn't give it up entirely. I always had a sketch pad with me. Even when the kids were small, I'd bring it down to Kerry or wherever we were going. Drawn trees, hills, mountains. I'd be ashamed to let anyone see my efforts. Somebody very close to me, when I was sketching one day, leaned over my shoulder and said to me, what's it like to be an artist? Kind of in a bit, a sniggery kind of a way, you know. So I was hurt by that. 
Feelings of low self-esteem when it comes to art are all too familiar to Helen O'Donoghue. As head of engagement and learning at IMA, she sees it all the time. A lot of people will stop at the door. (laughs) They won't cross the lintel or the threshold because of the experiences, unfortunately, that they've had in formal education. But what it has done, unfortunately, for people like Olive and her generation and even younger is that it forms just a fixed view of what art is and it undermines people's desire to make art or express themselves visually because that's what we're talking about. It's another way of expressing oneself. You know, the passion for engaging with art is not premised on your ability to technically reproduce something in a photorealist style. The great freedom that contemporary arts practice gives us is that there are many ways to be an artist. And by coming to IMA, that's exactly what Olive has found. There are many ways to be an artist. It was like a new world for me, actually, when I could go in there and experiment with different mediums. Even the exposure to new kinds of art has taken Olive by surprise. She recalls how energising it was to see Jackson Pollock's artwork for the first time. Splashes of paint, like as if you got a big distempering brush and dipped it in the paint and lashed it, flung it. It made me think, well, gosh, you know, if that's art, I'm sure I can do that, you know. I've actually never done anything like that myself. Come to think of it, I'm going to try it. Back on the yeah, Zoom call, the focus turns to making and creating. Does anybody have any work that they did from last week based on the John Hines photographs? Well, I just did a little sketch. Barbara is holding up her pencil drawing. It's a jolly holiday scene. Oh, the caravans. And that's where I was in the uh, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Picture after picture is held up to the screen. Um, I drew photographs of Don Cannon. Hold, hold them right up. We had a big tent yeah. and we went there for three weeks and a whole gang of us were all in the one tent. Next up is Babs, sitting on a donkey in her childhood in Connemara. Oh, Barbara, oh, the... through John Hines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I call that um, Babs bringing home the turf. When they were finished the turf anyway, they'd load up the um, baskets and then I'd be put sitting on the back of the donkey. Oh. But anyway, the donkey was having none of it. The curators are always so encouraging. No matter what you did, no matter how silly you thought it was, they, they'd find something in it that made you feel, well, it's not a total waste of time, you know. It sort of gave encouragement then to go again, you know. You do not need to know anything about art. Curiosity is your ticket, your passport to get into um, and indeed come to anything in Emma. If you're open-minded, everything else will flow from there. It's an invitation to be creative. You could explore the IMA website or just pull out a sketch pad and pen, allow yourself to doodle, to make marks on the page. It was marvellous to be able to get a second chance at art, a proper chance. Even if you only have a tiny inkling, don't hesitate. Why only have two or three years enjoyment when you could be doing it for 12, 15, 20 years? You have a new lease of life. <laughs>